Welcome to Dispatches, the official podcast for the Journal of the American Revolution. The Journal of the American Revolution publishes weekly online at www.allthingsliberty.com. For the latest in research, reviews, and commentaries, America's Most Important History is available free of charge at the Journal of the American Revolution. In terms of asylum, I think that he's really trying to hint at asylum for his family. I don't think it's truly about his own asylum. That's Journal of the American Revolution contributor Alexander Lenarchik talking about George Washington's quest for an asylum if he lost the American Revolution. And he's our guest today. I'm Brady Kreitzer, and this is Dispatches. This episode of Dispatches is sponsored by Simon & Schuster, publisher of Liberty is Sweet, The Hidden History of the American Revolution by Woody Holton. Available now wherever books are sold. Hello ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Dispatches. I'm your host, Brady Kreitzer. Today our guest is Alexander Lenarchik, and he'll be discussing what George Washington wrote about the possibility of seeking asylum in the wilderness had he lost the American Revolution. You know, this is an article that really grabbed my attention this week. Uh, because, you know, in my own professional career, I focus my efforts on the American Revolution and the Seven Years' War on the American frontier, specifically my home of the Ohio country. And to hear that George Washington had been planning on using it as a sort of political asylum, maybe, um, really caught my interest. I guess it'd be a good place to do that. Um, maybe if you like getting caught, that's another story. But at any rate, um, we get into that. Um, the Ohio River Valley, the Ohio country of the 18th century, has this reputation of being a very wild, kind of expansive, unknown place. And, you know, in some ways, yeah, I guess all backcountry or frontiers are like that. But in reality, the Ohio country was a place where people lived, where families were raised, uh, where people envisioned their futures, and people communicated pretty readily here on the frontier. Um, I don't think if George Washington was going to hide out, this is the place he'd want to do it. Anyway, sit back, relax, and enjoy our interview with Alexander Lenarchik. Alexander Lenarchik, thanks for joining us. Uh, thank you for having me. <laughs> Tell us about your background. Uh, so I'm a student at uh, Southern New Hampshire University, um, majoring in history. I finished my degree in May, and... Um, I plan on becoming a history professor, so I'll be starting my master's soon. I got into history at a pretty young age, uh, and I'm involved in several living uh, history uh, groups for the American Revolution. We do Revolutionary War reenactments. What first drew your interest into this topic? Um, so, actually, I've I've wondered about the... Uh, the topic on my own without any uh, research. And then I finally found something on it in Nathaniel Philbrook's book, uh, Bunker Hill. He actually had this snippet of, uh, of uh, Bassett's uh, letter with Washington about his uh, land affairs on the Ohio and of the case of asylum, if it ever had, if it ever arose. In your opinion, why was Washington chosen to command? Um, I think the cause uh, needed to spread spread beyond New England. I think the other uh, colonies 
had to be drawn in to really make it a, a continental cause. Um, Washington also had uh, the military background from the French and Indian War, which I think a lot of um, American officers lacked. So he, he was a, a good fit. Um, also, Virginia was a wealthy colony, and having Virginia back uh, the Continental Army was a big plus. Um, so I think in the beginning, he he obviously in his um, in his address on his appointment, he humbled himself with accepting the position. I think it was something that he was honored to have because he was um, overlooked in the French and Indian War. Um, I think his position became tougher and tougher, and it's clearly evident in a lot of um, letters he writes between his staff uh, and Congress, especially in regard to troop numbers, like we see in the campaign of 76. Uh, we can see that it's it's more of a challenge than he thought it would be. Talk about some of the times he expressed doubts during the war. Um, so when it comes to his doubts, I think the his doubts really come to light when um, when he's in Cambridge. Uh, he's very nervous about the war coming quickly to an end, and he actually addresses that with uh, Joseph Reed. I included uh, a little snippet of, of their correspondence in my article. Um, I, I think that doubt was a really big problem for Washington in the beginning, and I think that spread throughout the 76 campaign. Uh, it's not surprising because there was... Uh, Enlistments were ending in 76, and then the whole ordeal with making a move against the British in Boston was was becoming an issue. How did Washington's thinking evolve as the war went on? Um, I think his thinking evolved with, uh, well, first off, I think the, the Trenton, uh, the Battle of Trenton and the, the following battles were a big turning point for him. I think that he finally uh, understood that the maintenance of an army required more than what he was used to. And I think as the war went on, he acquired better skills with maintaining the army and corresponding with Congress. What kind of references did Washington make regarding the idea of asylum? Uh, so as far as what I found, it's, really limited just to that Burwell Bassett um, uh, correspondence. But in terms of asylum, I think that he's really trying to hint at asylum for his family. I don't think it's truly about his own asylum. Uh, he was part of the Continental High Command. If if anything were to happen to him, in my opinion, it, it probably wouldn't have ended well. Uh, the confiscation of Mount Vernon would have happened and his family would have been left with nothing. So I think the asylum that he talks about in Ohio was more likely for his family than himself. How did you interpret his search for a safe haven? Uh, yeah, so Washington was a surveyor. Uh, when the lands opened up, he was actually one of the first people to get, you know, their their first pick of lands. He, with his ventures during uh, the French and Indian War, and, and before he he knew the land well, 
I think uh, I'm I'm not quite sure where it could have been, but he had vast holdings in the Ohio. So uh, if he revealed it somewhere, I would love to find it. How does this article help us understand the revolutionary era better? Um, I think it shows us a little bit of Washington's personal side. I don't think we really get to see that. Um, if if anyone reads about or you know studies Washington, his personal feelings tend to be somewhat limited. He had a close circle, um, and this is something that I think was probably really personal to Washington. Um, I, I think if this got out early in the war that he was already thinking about asylum in Cambridge, then it probably would have crushed morale for the for the standing army as it was. Um, but yeah, I really think this was a really interesting uh, piece of Washington's inner thinking, his own personal thoughts and his fears about the revolution. Alexander Lenarchik, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. The music played in this episode included works by Kevin McLeod and the Sturbridge Colonial Militia. Any unauthorized reproduction or use of this podcast without the express written permission of the Journal of the American Revolution is strictly prohibited. For everyone here at Dispatches, I'm Brady Kreitzer saying so long.